You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Well, good morning, everybody. Yeah, so, uh, I understand, Tom. Yeah. You're at you're at uh, you're in Hershey, Pennsylvania today, huh? Yeah, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I decided I needed some chocolate, so uh, hopped in the car. I, I had an urge and and drove to Hershey. And uh, I don't know. I just happened upon this place here while I was here in Hershey called the uh, AACA Calvin High Headquarters and Chris and Kathleen Koch Automotive Library and. Uh, you know, I wandered in. This is a wonderful, wonderful, huge building. And, uh, wow, in the lobby, uh, some great-looking cars. A 1910 Brush, 1955 Curtis 500D race car, raced by Tony Bettenhausen. And, uh, gosh, an Oldsmobile Limited, a 48 Delahaye, uh, and a beautiful recreation of an 1895 Duryea. I mean, just some really great artifacts in the building. I mean, this place is just loaded with great artifacts. And uh, one of the great artifacts I happened to run into while I was at the AACA National Headquarters here was none other than the CEO, the greatest artifact, Stephen L. Moskowitz. And you know that guy, right? Yeah. Are we not blessed to have this wonderful human being on our show? Fantastic. Welcome aboard, Mr. Waskowitz. Oh, let me tell you, I, I'm happy to be on board, but I'm worried that there's a hole in the bottom of this boat. Steve, are you saying that we're the Titanic? I, I'm not saying anything. You can read into it, whatever you want to. <laughs> well, wanna I, I was just afraid you knew something that I didn't know. Well, I, I don't know. I just, you know, when Richard and Tom get together, no one ever knows what's going to happen. So uh, uh, this, this ought to be interesting. Nobody's safe. Take no prisoners. <laughs> so, 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 Steve, what are you guys doing there? Well, we, you know, we, we, we're, uh, actually, we've been playing golf. We've been playing golf out on the back lawn here because the headquarters is right here next to the old, uh, Hershey golf course. And, uh, you know, why would we bother with any of the millions of automotive, uh, historical documents that are here in this building when we could wander out the back door and, and chip a few? I, I, I don't know. No, we, we're uh, we're having a good time, and Steve is recanting, uh, entertaining me by recanting stories of your, um, you know, he uh, personally knew Ransom Holtz. So, um, you know, it's pretty exciting stuff. But uh, Steve could tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on at our brand new AACA headquarters and library. Tell us a little bit about what's happening with the ACA, Mr. Moschwitz. That has nothing to tell. <laughs> See, there you go. Show's over. I, I just I had to do that to you. Uh, you know, it's uh, 
it's it's all the usual. Thank goodness we're back to business as normal, and and we have a full slate of events. Uh, just got done with one in Melbourne, Florida, which was highly successful at uh, America's Muscle Car Museum, which is a must see um, museum. Just amazing, close to three hundred phenomenal muscle cars and and sports cars and. Um, so we had a great event there, and uh, we're now getting ready to uh, uh, to go on to our next events. We got a tour in Mobile, Alabama, starting this weekend, um, and then we'll go right into another show uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so all that's going on, along with the the usual business of this building. Uh, library continues to take in uh, more and more literature, and the staff is busy cataloging and putting things into the proper place and, you know, working on plans for the rest of the year, which uh, is a jam-packed schedule of uh, events. You know, we've we've got a lot going on. And, and Richard, you're going to be at Charlotte, too, right? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to come down, and that that is a very nice meet because not only is it a, a wonderful AACA car show, but it's right there with the Charlotte Auto Fair, which is, you know, it's like a a smaller version of Hershey of the South. So, you know, you get get two uh, shows in one, and uh, if you're a car person, that is definitely an event that you should attend, and I definitely plan on being there. Yeah, I'm going to be there, too. And even Stephen L. Moskowitz is going to be there as well, man. We are going to get into major trouble down there. Um, well, at, we uh, have, Char- maybe Charlotte. we could have some fried butter, fried butter and fried bologna and all that southern deep, uh, deep fried cuisine. Twinkies. Deep fried oh, Twinkies. I haven't tried that. Yeah, the deep fried Twinkies. You can't can't miss the deep fried Twinkies. And by the way, for people that may not know, the Charlotte Auto Fair is running from April seventh to ninth, um, and it will be at the as mentioned the uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway down there. It's a it's a great event, and uh, man, the flea market is great. Uh, great car show, and they have a really good car corral down there too. And then on Saturday, the Pièce de Résistance in the parking lot, just outside of the stadium, there, right on the same grounds as the Speedway, is going to be uh, the AACA uh, Southeastern Spring Nationals, and uh, we're going to be out there. The cars will start rolling in around seven. Everybody has to be on the field by 11 a.m., and judging will begin, and the cars will not be released until 3 p.m. So if you're out there between, I'd say I definitely wouldn't get there any later than 2, and if you get there at 10, most of the cars are going to be there. It's going to be a great time, and then when you finish perusing all the cars, then you can go in and and shop till you drop, and uh, kind of like Where's Waldo, you can try to find Steve Moskowitz, and Richard Lentinello. That sounds like a deal to me. <laughs> and the best thing about that event is at the track. So you could walk the track yeah. and you could see how steep the turns are. I always found that fascinating. It is fascinating. Well, you're going to have to do this without me because uh, I will be indisposed that weekend and uh, unable to join you. So I know this comes as a crushing blow to you, but um, you'll just, you know, you'll have to suffer. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how I'm ever going to recover. 
I, I I'm going to need counseling. It, you, well, that's something that you could already use. So, uh, <laughs> oh, so, so AACA also has something new in addition to our headquarters, and that is the website. We have a new website that's uh, more user friendly. Do we not? Yeah, we uh, we have a website that's a work in process, but uh, we finally got uh, off some old technology and we are into some new technology, which um, is much more user friendly to uh, to iPhones and you know Androids and tablets. Um, so it it should work on most of them and be much more readable than our. Uh, website of the past uh it's a complete new redesign but it's a work in process because we have big plans to improve it here over the next uh, couple months um so all the same things that everybody's used to finding there all the information all the news and and most importantly the 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 area that is used the most is our aaca forums which also include forums for a multitude of other car clubs. So if you're Maxwell fans or Ford fans or Chevy fans or Dodge fans or Buick fans, um, you'll find an awful lot of interesting material on, on the, at AACA.org, uh, in the forums. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, these days the thought is that, you know, online forums versus Facebook groups, you know, people tend to be thinking Facebook groups, not so much forums, because they seem more old tech. But, you know, our AACA forums, have they defy every trend, because, Steve, they're, they're just rocking, the AACA forums are. Um, I mean, you had to have one thread on there, was it the vintage uh, race cars that just totally exploded recently didn't you um yeah well we had period race period um car photos um pre pre-war car photos and they're they're heading towards four hundred thousand posts on there um and then the race car one is is done well too uh, forums offer people a, a much more in-depth way um to discuss things um versus our facebook facebook is sort of like the, the quick snippets um, and you don't have uh, 10 or 12 paragraphs but uh, the forums allow people to really um, get into in depth in, in certain situations and and they're meant to be uh, entertaining and educational and you know every day somebody's asking a question uh, how do I do this where do I find this vendor um, what kind of car is this? Uh, you know, so there are a lot of, lot of interesting topics and a lot of folks on there that are considered experts in the hobby, and they are lending their knowledge to people. And um, for the most part, it's a pretty fascinating uh, uh, bit of the the website. So uh, I would uh, I would recommend those of you that uh, would like to join there's no cost to join join you just got to sign up and uh for free and uh go and go and take a look you'll you'll see an awful lot of information and an awful lot of fun and um 
probably a lot of your fellow hobbyists are on there. Wow, I'm, no, I'm looking a, forward to checking it out. Yeah, it's a great, great resource. And uh, when you combine everything that you can access on the forums and all of that for free on the forums, and then everything that we have in this building here, literally millions of historical documents related to all manner of vehicles. I mean, it's like everything you ever wanted to know about your 1959 board ward, but were afraid to ask. We we have it here at the AACA uh, library oh, Steve, and headquarters. Steve, Steve, let me ask you something. If someone wants to stop by and do some research, do they have to make an appointment or could they just stop in at the library and, and walk in during the day? No, they can just stop in. Um, we're here six days a week, um, uh, 8 to 4 o'clock for the library. And, um, you know, there's no admittance charge. They walk in the door. They'll get to see a great collection of automobiles and head upstairs to see a, a, a lot of memorabilia and 3 million documents sitting in there with a staff of, of librarians that are um, – professionally trained librarians and they will assist you in whatever research you need we have uh you can bring your own laptop and scan your own own the material that you find or we can make copies for you at a nominal charge so let's let's um, take a break we have a lot of people come here spend we got a break so that's a it's a great it's a great resource here and and again it's free if you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. As we always say with all of our shows, be sure that you have a uh, pen and paper handy because there's information that you'll need to need and want to write down. And we'll be back with the Classic Car Show right after this. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Drive through time with And now, back to the Classic Car Show Taylor. on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania today with Tom Cox and Steve Moskowitz at the AACA Library. So take it away, guys. 
so Steve, you know, recently we've taken in a lot of important automotive literature, documents, manuals, images, just literally tractor trailer loads of rare information. What stands out to you? I mean, it's all amazing, but what really stands out in your mind? What what really got you super excited where, you know, you were doing back over flips coming in the building? Uh, well, these days in this age, I don't do very many backflips. Um, that would be a, a that would be a sight to behold. But you know, I, I, you know the the biggest you know since we've got to the building, by far the biggest oh my god moment was when all the materials from the Philadelphia Public Library arrived here, uh, along with the. Simeon Museum, we purchased um, all the automotive assets from the Free Library of Philadelphia, which was a very underutilized um, library. Most of the people in the country didn't know it existed, didn't know they had a, a an automotive section, but they had a pretty extensive collection, especially of pre-war um, literature. And we got uh, um, virtually all the American material, and uh, Fred Simeone took the European and the racing material. Um, so we've been cataloging it and putting it in place, and it's it you know it's it's nothing short of phenomenal. There's several one of a kind um, pieces of literature, in our opinion, and um, it continues to grow. We're waiting to pick up. Uh, there's a uh, a museum in New York who uh, has donated 15 boxes of John Fitch's, the famous uh, race car guy and builder of the Fitch Corvair and the Fitch sports car. We have we're going to get his entire personal archives, and um, that's going to be exciting. Mr. Moskowitz, uh, this is David. Do you mind if I ask you a quick question? Do you feel like you're getting your money's worth out of Chris Tech Tex Ritter? Uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting our money's worth out of the entire staff. They are really working hard. They've got, they got an awful lot on their plate. Um, uh, you know, we we're one person down up in the library, but we've got a host of volunteers and they're just, they're just busy every day, just getting all the material in order store. You know, we just don't throw stuff on the shelves. Everything is properly protected and put in the, the right types of receptacles so that we have as little degradation of the paper as possible. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're they're all they're all hard at work, and we we have several more major car collections. Um, some that I can't speak about this morning, but I can tell you one is an entire uh, semi tractor load of uh, very very early material. Um, some of the most amazing stuff that um, I literally fainted when when I saw some of the materials he had and uh, two file cabinets of eight by ten black and white autograph photos of some of the most people from back in the day in the beginnings of racing. Um, so it it continues to grow and uh, virtually every month uh, we have people walk in the door and drop off several boxes of literature and 
uh, we go through them and keep what we uh, we can use. So um, there's there's a as the folks up there are working in the library, uh, they're pulling stuff out, and I, I have to stop myself from walking up there because um, I get too fascinated and too interested, and I stop by a table and oh my god, I didn't, I don't believe you got this, and uh, there's just so much interesting stuff up there. It's a it's a haven for any hobbyist. It's an absolute treasure for any writer. Uh, we have a lot of people that come here and spend a week and work on their books here because we have that much material. So this is hard to describe to people, but this truly is uh, America's Automotive Library. We truly have the largest collection of automotive literature in the United States, and um, it's a free public library, unlike most others. So, Steve, if if someone has a huge collection or, or- a collection of any size of automotive literature that they would like to uh, donate to the library, what is the steps that they should go through to uh, to get it in your hands? They just need to contact uh, Chris Ritter. Um, we don't take magazines because we already have all the major titles, and we have had them for decades, so we're in good shape there and no need for extra magazines, but... Uh, all the other kind of literature, books and, and shop manuals and, you know, sales brochures and those kinds of things, uh, contact Chris. Um, his email is critter, C-R-I-T-T-E-R, so critter at aaca.org, or they can call 717-534-2082, and any of the librarians could, can help you with that. Uh, it's a great, great question uh, that Richard just asked because, you know, a lot of people, I, I can't, it hasn't been long ago at all that I had a guy that does estate sales. He called me up and he said, please come over to this estate sale I'm doing. I'm like, well, what, do I need something there? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know, actually, this is the last day of the sale. I've got a bunch of automotive literature, a lot of maps from the early 1900s and other stuff here that's car-related, and nobody that's been in here has been a car person, and I don't know what's going to happen to it, but the owner's uh, heirs have said they'd make you a great deal, so I went over there and bought all that stuff and you know, brought it, brought it home eventually, and of course I've donated a lot of my stuff to the AACA library as well, you know, in case I decide to kick the bucket, you know, I know that that stuff's going to be protected. So uh, it's it's a good thing to make plans um, to send that stuff to the AACA library. Even if we have duplicates, we will see to it via, via sale um, that those literature pieces get into the hands of other enthusiasts and then, in turn, the funds raised by selling duplicates will go to further enhance our library. So it's, it's always a win-win um, if you do a little planning and plan to donate to the library. Right, Steve? Absolutely. So, well, I think Richard and I have got a few things to discuss. As usual, Mr. Moskowitz has uh, 50 million things he has to do, so we're going to 
let him go do those so that AACA's wheels can continue to roll, uh, especially since this morning uh, his uh, cohort here in the building, uh, Mr. Ritter, is uh, not working on cars. He's, he's out doing bonsai. So, uh, you know, I expect I'll come into the headquarters here and we'll have some bonsai the next time I come in. But uh, thank you, Steve. Appreciate the, your opportun- the opportunity to have you on. And uh, thanks for everything you do for the automotive hobby. Uh, nobody has any idea what that guy does for the automotive hobby. Now, he gives me a lot of indigestion, but he does a lot for all of you guys out there and gals out there. We appreciate you, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Well, thanks. Have a good day. You guys have a great show. Uh, uh, I'll listen to you on my way to go to a seminar and listen to uh, Judy Stropus uh, this morning uh, talk about racing. So uh, I'm going to have a good day here today, and uh, have a good one. We'll see you down the road. Thanks, Steve. Take care. So, Bye-bye. So, Richard, you know, Steve was mentioning uh, the John Fitch Corvairs. You know a little bit about those things, don't you? Yeah, I I uh, profiled a uh, Fitch Sprint in my book Corvair Style, and uh, they are interesting cars. I mean, you know, he he was into road racing, as we all know, and he focused on the suspension components of the Corvairs, and uh, you know, uh, they built cars up in Middleton, New York, just across the border from Lime Rock, but. The Fitch uh, components, racing components and suspension parts, they were available, you know, throughout the country. So it's kind of hard to say how many exact Fitch sprints were built, but uh, they definitely uh, transformed those Corvairs into super handling automobiles. So if you could get your hands on one, then you've definitely scored. Well, Cor- Corvairs have, have sort of started to come into their own. They're still relatively affordable, but they're great. Really- Fun, fun cars, and uh, I think your book Corvair Style is still available. Is it not? And how can people buy that? It is still available. We only have just you know maybe two hundred copies left, but they could go to uh, lentinello dot com and order a copy of Corvair Style. And uh, you know it it was uh, a fun project. You know uh, I met a lot of Corvair people doing that book and. It, it's like uh, none of them own one. It, it's almost like a disease. They all have two, three, four, half dozen Corvairs. And uh, they're just a great bunch of people, and they're very interesting cars. And uh, I, I sold my 63 Corvair Monza convertible right before I moved. So I hope to get another one because they really are fun to drive. No, they're great cars. And like you say, the, the Corvair community, I mean, they are active enthusiasts and they are extremely enthusiastic about the mark so uh, a lot of fun and uh you know like i said i mean they won't break the bank either now they're going up in value a lot of them are and so you know if you've ever thought about a corvair maybe time now's the time to do it you buy richard's book find out a little bit about them join a corvair club and there you go um you know we were talking about um, let's take another you know, break. different styling components, and we were talking about dashes. And you and I got into a discussion of what we thought our favorite dashes were, and uh, maybe 
maybe we could go back through what you think some of your best are and what some of mine are. Let's do it after the break. Let's do it. Okay. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for, 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 for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com awr. That's 888-268-4783. Drive through time. And now, back to the mind. classic car J. show C. on America's Taylor. Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Welcome so, back. Welcome back. Believe it or not, we're back. Yes. So, we were talking about dashes and dash design. Um, before the break, so what is what are some of yours the, your favorites, Richard? You know, uh, when it comes to dashboards, uh, you know, the, all the cars of the '30s and stuff, they're very nice, but but they don't excite my eyes. You know, the, you know, they're nice looking, but when it comes to absolute visual appeal, I think it's the uh, the late '50s Studebakers. You know, they have that engine-turned uh, metal dash, and they have all these beautiful gauges, you know, white numerals on black background with chrome bezels, and it just looks like the closest thing to a racing car dashboard, you know. And there's lots of gauges, because the more gauges you got, to me, I think it, it's way cool. Uh, and, you know, so many other dashboards from, you know, uh 60s era E-types, the the early 60s E-types have all the different toggle switches, uh, and they also have a, a, a aluminum metal finish in the middle. That's nice. Alfa Romeos are very nice. But, you know, one of the other great American dashboards to me is the 63 full-size Pontiacs. Uh, it's a combination of all this stainless and chrome and, you know, some wood inlay, just absolutely stunning dashboards. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to choose which one is best, but, you know, to me, the Studebakers have it over everybody else. Interesting. You know, I I remember, you know, like the, what was it, uh, 58 or 59 Studebaker. It had a very simple dashboard, um, just sort of like the 57 Hudsons. They had a very simple dashboard, but the, uh, I think it was 59 Studebaker, um, 
maybe 58, had a bathroom scale speedometer on it that was uh, very minimalist. But as you say, a lot of the ha- the Hawks and the uh, Avantis, they all had that much more interesting design that was more of a sports car feel. I've always been big, of course. You know, if you go back to the classics, um, to me there's, you know, something about the dashes of those uh, early 30s Cadillacs that are amazing. Um, and the early Lincolns, um, they have that Art Deco style that, that you like. I mean, I think that's great looking too. Yeah, it's good looking stuff. And uh, you get into the um, late 30s, uh, Lincoln sort of started to go with a more minimalist design in the uh, yeah large cars I don't like it quite as well you know uh, Pierce Arrow all of those uh, Duesenberg you know they had altimeters in them in the dash and it was just great stuff Um, as far as the later series of cars I like the 60 early 60s Chrysler's uh, dashboards you know I can kind of get you know we were going to talk about grills too but I kind of get a twofer with the and I know a lot of people think that this car is just just ugly as sin but uh, the 1961 Plymouth I mean it just had silent cues out the wazoo and it has like a really angry face but then it has that space age George Jetson style uh, dash on it with the you know Upward mounted speedometer with the pod in the pods with the pods on the left and the right. It's just just very space age, very cool looking. Um, the say like the sixty two Chrysler three hundred series. Um, just a great looking interior, but then they had that bubble style um, dash um, instrument cluster. You know where the gauges are staggered and sort of gives them a nice three, a major 3D effect as you're looking in at them. There's, there's something amazing about the styling on that. I mean, it probably took a lot of work. Um, probably you know, expensive it, to build. Oh, yeah, you, you can't do that today, but if you love lots and lots of gauges, almost as if you feel like you're in an aircraft, the 30s era Bentleys, the three and a half liter cars and the four and a half liters, whether it's a blower Bentley or not, those are just filled with gauges, including altimeters and, you know, clocks, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, I don't even think there's an empty spot on the Bentley dashboard of that era that you could even put a toggle switch. I mean, it's just filled with all kinds of interesting stuff. It's, it's just amazing if you're looking at it as you're going down the road that you don't crash into a telephone pole. I mean, it's just so <laughs> much visual candy to see. It, it's just wonderful. No, sensory overload. You're right about that. Um, yeah. I guess it, if you go the, in sort of the opposite direction to, you know, uh, simplicity and elegance, I love the 66 Cadillac uh, dashboard. Um, Good choice. It's a very, very simple, clean, very elegant design. It's, it's just very pleasant. Um, one of my favorites. And um, I love the dash. And as I've said before, I'm just a dash guy. You know, I, I love the styling. I don't want to drive an ugly car, but when I get in it, I want to feel really good about driving. I'm not looking over the hood and you see the dash. I mean, because that's really the vantage point. And so dash is, is really important. Um as far as grills, 
1941 Lincoln Continental does it for me. The Waterfall Grill. I I don't know much that that's very I think pretty better than that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I have two favorite grills. Uh, of course, the 61 Pontiac, uh, which is similar, like, you know, it's a different version of a waterfall. I just love the 61 Pontiac grills, the way it falls down and the way it's split in two. But my favorite all-time grill is a 1938 Buick. I like the 37 Buicks, even the 37, 38 Pontiacs. But the 38 Buick, to me, is just pure metal sculpture it's a work of art and whoever designed that grill just hit it out of the ballpark i, I could stare at that 38 buick grill all day and not get tired i mean i just think it's gorgeous you and i can agree on that you know that that's a that's a great choice um you know you think about some of the other cars out there um like 59 cadillac with all those little bullets in the uh grill you know with the little uh uh, metal pieces that kind of bisect each one of those bullets. Gosh, what a complex piece of uh, work to restore. It's, it's an amazing undertaking to restore those grills. So you've got so many pieces, and, you know, so intricate. Hundreds. Uh, yeah. Hundreds of pieces. Hundreds. Yeah, hundreds. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing the workmanship and the craftsmanship that they did years ago and the time they spent putting everything together. Now you got a car, you know, you don't even have a grill, and if you do, it's just one piece of blobby plastic. So that's the beauty of old cars, you know. There's just they're they're just filled with great pieces of of craftsmanship, and uh, you know you could just stare at them all day. I mean, you know, even early Ferrari grills are uh, all made out of different pieces of aluminum that that intersect with each other, and and uh, yeah. You know, DeSoto has some early 50s DeSoto grills that are pretty cool, too. You know, that the that the hot rod is like, you know, there's just so many out there that, that are way interesting to look at. Yeah, I, I like the, I like angry grills, too. Uh, 59 Buick, that's just an angry-looking car. You know, the type of car that, you know, you expect to, you know, meet on a, a foggy, dark evening, you know, wandering in an alleyway somewhere. But, you know... The tanned headlights, the angry grill, the, the 58 through 60 Lincolns, uh, the uh, early 60s Chryslers with the tanned headlights, I don't know. Something about it that really does it for me. I, I love those things. Um, yeah, I mean, even the old Rolls-Royce grills, you know, uh, is just, they stand up so proud. You know, they have this authoritative appearance about them. But yet, they look perfectly vertical but they're not. It's a. It's an illusion to the eye. They're really made with a slight curve to them. But uh, they are absolutely, you know, again, metal sculpture at its finest. Yeah, probably the earliest, most iconic early grill was probably the Packard's. You know, Packard grills were just iconic. And, you know, when they started to get away from... The, the grills that they used in the 30s and, uh, you know, they went to the thinner, taller grill in the early 40s and then they went to sort of the, what they call the pregnant Packards with the sort of, uh, squashed down, more beefy looking grill and uh, a lot of their, uh, old customers were complaining because the Packard grill was gone. Uh, was it, uh, Dick Teague designed the, uh, Packard request which, 
kind of looks kind of odd, but it's, uh, you know, uh, what, 55 uh, Packard with a more uh, standard uh, Packard grill from the 30s sort of grafted into it. Kind of interesting looking. Yep, but De- um, definitely a distinctive shape. I mean, a Packard grill, you could tell literally from a quarter mile away what car it is that you know it's a Packard. You know, it has, has that little shape up on top, and, uh, yeah, stunning. Well done, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I just iconic. Um, and so, yeah, which uh, brings me to the most scintillating few moments in our humble show, and that's the uh, pick of the week. And I, I know you're excited about the pick of the week. I could tell by your comments. The uh, the, oy the nineteen the pick of the week this week uh, would be one to warm the hearts of uh, our uh, good friend Brian Rob Davis and the uh, Malays uh, Motors crew. Um, nineteen eighty three Chrysler Town and Country Woody with uh, only 56,000 miles on it. It's in North Carolina. Uh, automatic with the uh, Mitsubishi 2.6 liter four-cylinder engine. Um, and it is red on red. And, uh, you know, these cars, at one point in time, if you had asked me 20 years ago, would these cars ever get any respect or any following, I'd have been like, yeah. But, you know, these days, particularly this one, because it's a wagon, you know, people are interested. And if you wanted to buy a car that with some detail work, you can take to a show and not be ashamed in the slightest. You know what? The asking price, and it says so in there, asking price, fifty two fifty. So, you know what? You might be able to get that car uh, down under $5,000. That's a heck of a buy. A lot of car for the money. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they don't, well, put it this way. They're not at the top of my want list, but, you know, it's, they're already 40 years old, right? I mean... And you don't have to worry about, you know, SU carburetors leaking or anything like that. You can just get in and drive them. And parts are easy to come by, easy to maintain. And uh, let's let's face it, chances are you're not going to see another one at a cruise night or a Cars and Coffee near you because, you know, a lot of people just don't give those cars, you know, respect. And a lot of them are languishing and, you know, on dealer lots in the back that they keep parts cars and things like that. or But, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of car for the money. You could definitely have a lot of fun for $5,000, no doubt, and and uh, be a standout in the crowd, as they say. You know, I can kind of see you driving that, wearing a plaid jacket. You look good in one of those, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll go buy that car and, uh, yeah, put my yellow plaid jacket on with my fedora. Oh, yeah, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to have the fedora to make it work. But, uh, the, uh, but yeah, great uh, great opportunity for somebody to get a Malaise-era uh, Chrysler Town & Country wagon with 55,000 miles. I mean, the interior looks absolutely amazing. So, no, I mean, it's let's a good-looking go car. We'll get that posted up uh, on the uh, Facebook page, which is the classic 
car show. I know that surprises everybody, but uh, check out the Facebook page. We'd love to have you join and uh, not only see what we have to post, but see what our other members uh, post on the Classic Car Show Facebook page. And also new, and we'll post that out there on Facebook, is an email address, which you can email Richard and I and uh, ask us anything you wanted to know about your 1959 board ward and other things. Um, and you can do that by emailing Richard and I at Classic Car Show. And that's just spell it out just like it is. Classic Car Show at America's Web Radio.com. And uh, we will do our best. I won't promise we will get to every every question or that we'll have the answer to every question. But we'll do the best we can. Time and uh, if we get something interesting, we'll uh, bring it up on the show. And we'll take a break. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free, just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And be sure when you call J.C. Taylor to let them know that you heard about them on America's Web Radio, the Classic Car Show, or any of the other shows that we run uh, the J.C. Taylor spots in. But be sure and tell them that you heard about them on America's Web Radio. And we've got two gentlemen that are on the line right now. We'll be getting back to them very shortly. And they both have J.C. Taylor Insurance. So we'll be back right after this. And now, back okay, to the coming back car show on America's Web Radio with Tom three, and Richard two, one, and it's yours. We're back. So, gosh, I'm telling you, Richard, I... One thing I, you know, alluded to that we were going to talk about, and, you know, in some corners of the hobby, 
it's like touching the third rail on the subway, you know? Um, and that's uh, radial versus bias ply tires. Um, a lot of yeah. opinions out there. A lot of thoughts out there about about them. You know, the pros, the cons. Um, you know, I guess the most well-noted ones, uh, you've got, you know, Coker Classic Radials um, and Diamondback Radials that are crafted in such a manner that they tend to resemble the original bias fly construction, but with the radial technology in them. Um, you know, whereas if you just put standard radials on, you can, you can tell the radial because of the way the sidewall tends to sag on the radial, whereas it stands up on the, on the bias ply. What are your thoughts on touching? I'll let you touch the third rail first. <laughs> I'll gladly touch the third rail. Uh, I can stand bias fly tires. However, if, if you are restoring a car to absolute 100% authenticity, and you want it totally correct, you know, you definitely have to go with the correct tire that the car was built with, like bias plies. But then, you know, what you can do after the show's over and you want to drive it, put radials on because they're so much safer. They handle the road better. You even stop quicker. Uh, radials are just far superior tires, in my opinion. And uh, But again, you know, they don't look correct on certain cars, and that's where a lot of people... You know, just you know, they they kind of avoid them. They, they they just don't want them. But again, you know, it's good to have two sets of tires: the bias flies for the show if your car came equipped with them, and then the radials to drive. So that's the road that I would go on. And <coughs> above all, everything else, they gotta be black walls. Can't stand white wall tires. It just distracts from the beauty of the automobile. It looks like they're rolling on marshmallows, you know. But uh, hey, to each now you're talking pre pre war. You're talking mainly pre war, though, right? Pre war for what? Uh, Black walls. walls. You you want black walls on on your on your '76 Caddy? I want black walls on everything. (laughs) (laughs) You've been talking to you've been talking to Wes Peterson. You know, 76 Caddy, you know, if it's a Seville, I got to have Vogue's. You know, Vogue's, I think, are just way cool looking with a little thin bead of uh, gold striping, you know? Yeah. But outside yeah. of that, to me, black walls on all cars. White no red line? Be banned if I become, no. If I become president on the my administration, white walls will be banned the first day. They just look up. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven help us all. Uh, so, you know, my, my, uh, my opinions on it really, you know, the, uh, the Coker classics and some of the others, they've really done a pretty darn good job of, you know, designing the profile of the tire so that you get a stance and a look that's very similar to, um, you know, the original bias ply. So they really do look better, but I, I'm like you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, wearing a bad pair of shoes, you know, to the office, you know, putting on a suit and having a crummy looking, goofy pair of shoes on. It just doesn't cut it. And the same thing's true for the cars. If the tires are not of the right size, height, stance, profile, it really does affect the look. Um, 
you know, but I'm with you. I, I, I've got a 48 Nash Ambassador, and it has Coker Classics on it. And it drives amazingly well, amazingly well. And it's just so much better. It doesn't, you know, get into every nook and cranny on the road and pull you mm-hmm. left to right like the like the bias fly does. Um, it's just a true joy to drive that car with the radial tires versus the bias ply. And I know there's a ton of people out there because I, you know, we talk about it and hear about it all the time. Um, you know, well, no, you're going to use that radial tire and it, it's going to, you know, break the rim. You know, it's going to cause your, your rim to, uh, come undone. Yeah. You know, split yeah. and so on and so forth. But you know what? Over the years, Apart from rims that just suffer from metal fatigue, period, I've not actually run into anybody, nor have I experienced it myself, a situation where, you know, I've ended up with a damaged rim because I was running a radial tire. Have you ever heard of anybody having a problem? I I heard of one person who uh, had a problem, but again, it could have been the metal fatigue of the rim itself, not the tire. But, you know, the, the radial tires do have a different bead, you know, that just doesn't fit well on certain early wheels. So, you know, you, you definitely have to check that out and before you buy the tires. But, uh, yeah, to me, there's nothing worse looking than seeing a Jaguar E-Type with white walls, wide white walls. It's like I want to walk up to the owner and just smack him in the head. <laughs> it's like, what's wrong with you? Have you no taste? <laughs> I'm going to put a, put a sign up uh, at uh, Charlotte so that when you get there, everyone is forewarned. Avoid you if they have uh, white walls. <laughs> the, uh, I actually, no, <laughs> personally, I, the 60s cars, um, I actually like the thinner white walls um, on those. Like, uh, for instance, I've had several 69 Mercury Cougars over the years. I don't know. I, I don't think a car just does anything for me with a black, straight black wall tire. What about raised white letter? I mean, are you going to get all exercised over raised white letter tires? I mean, in the uh, uh, Lentinello admil- administration, when you become president, um, are, are, are well, we going to do away with raised white letters too? Well, under my administration, if you own a muscle car, then raised white letters or, you know, Goodyear Blue Streaks, they look absolutely perfect on those cars. You got to have them. You know, nothing like a white raised letter tie on a GTO or a GT or a GTX. You know, a Chevelle. You know, they just belong there. They really do. So I'm okay with that. And and even the cars from the '60s with with, with the thin one inch, you know, white walls. I could deal with yeah. that. You know, I have to put on sunglasses to make sure I really you know don't see them too much, but. I could almost deal with that, but the big, wide, white walls, uh, forget about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not going to see you uh, dressed like you're going to a sock hop riding around in your 58 Oldsmobile with the uh, wide, white tires on it and uh, Laurie in a poodle skirt. Ain't going to happen, huh? No. No, I'll be wearing my my soft Italian black leather jacket. Sorry, guys. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but you know I think you know and there's a good point to be had um, 
too. Always contact the manufacturers, you know, and talk to their experts about the tires because they deal with these questions day in, day out. And yes, I know the cynical ones amongst us are saying, you know, well, they're just going to tell you whatever they need to tell you in order to sell the tires. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're not trying to dissuade you from buying a new set of tires, but by the same token, um, you know, they got to stay in business. They're going to do their best to make sure that you have the proper tire for your car and they can go through all the pros and cons um, and tell you what to expect so that if you do make a change and, you know, you, you make a point. It's like I have a 59 Olds um, two-door post uh, car. It's black. Um, and I know I'm a straight AACA guy, but it has Riddler rims on it and it's got red line tires and it looks good to me and I like it that way. But now I've got a, a okay, full guys, set of uh, spares to go on there so that it goes back stock whenever I want it to. Um, I want to remind everybody before we get out of here, um, first of all, um, what is it we say? Cheap cars are good. Cheap cars cheap are tools. good. Cheap tools are bad. <laughs> cheap tools are bad. Cheap cars are good. And uh, join our Facebook page uh, at the Classic Car Show on Facebook and email us at classiccarshow at americaswebradio.com and we will try to impart what little wisdom we have left to you. You know, speaking of tires, check out the AACA forums and pose the question and people with the same car as you will tell you whether they had any problems with certain tires. And so gentlemen, that's a good we thing you to do also check out car clubs. Gentlemen, we got to go. Thank you. We'll see you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.